Let me know, bro. Hey, this is Tuck Talk, Tuck Talk, Tuck Talk. As my good brother Antonio Godfrey, may rest in peace, would say, Y'all already know who I am, Ladella Fashionista, managing director here at Trooper Culture Magazine. And today on this special edition of Tuck Talk, we have a special guest, my guy, my brother from another, Mr. Prime Ethics. What up? What up? Year? Is that how y'all say it in New York? Year? <laughs> you already know how it go, man. But Prime, man, like before we get into it, because honestly, we're going to unpack a lot of stuff. This episode might be a bit controversial, but hey, you know, like, we're only bringing in this in, you know, just so we can get the people the real. That's what we're all about at True Ever Culture. So mm-hmm. before we get into it, I'll tell everybody a bit about yourself, what you do, what you got going on, all that good shit. First of all, uh, being a man of color is already controversial with certain demographics. Anyway, uh, yeah, it's me. Um, I'm the owner of Kevlar Productions. I'm, uh, it's two of us, me and my brother, Southside G. And I'm also an artist musician um just kind of wear a few hats and but yeah overall business owner father you know what i'm saying and uh yeah proud proud boricua slash floricua florida florida puerto rican you know bro. you know what it is boy. let them know yeah. what part of florida you from bro what you rapping i'm from kathleen so lakeland florida kathleen area same place where ray lewis is from ray lewis one of my favorite football players right there Shout yeah, out to Ray. He, he, he came from the U, University of Miami. So yeah, you can't beat that. I'm That's also a Hurricanes fan, so he, he came, played for Kathleen High School. Even though I went to the rival school, I went to Lakeland, but. Bro, even you know that's crazy. There's a rivalry, and and I found out that's because of racism back in the days. Mm. Yeah, Kathleen was the black area. Uh, that's the area that they put all the black folks in, and they was doing amazing. They they created their own like. Um, just their own city, really, uh, before Lakeland became uh, incorporated even. And when them folks wanted to incorporate the city, they ended up burning buildings down in Kathleen area and stuff like that and making the businesses get, you know, go all the way far back or just decease completely. And, um, yeah, like Lakeland was a all-white high school. Kathleen, uh, the Kathleen area specifically was where they would put all the black uh, and colored students and stuff. So there's a rivalry still to this day. Them, them football games get dangerous, bro. But people don't know that's where it's from. That's really where it's from. All right, let me ask you this, um, because you're probably going to establish that, but you said you went to Lakeland High School, the rival yeah. school of Kathleen. Now, were you there, when you was at Lakeland, did you ever have, like, issue trying to, like, fit in? Like, how was it? Like, how would you yeah. say about the student body? Yeah, so, I mean, going to Lakeland, okay, being from the city of Lakeland, Everybody knows you want to be going to Lakeland High School because that's the winning football team. They always win state uh, back-to-back championships. Um, a lot of really good players came out of there. The Pouncey Twins came out of there. Um, uh, Chris Rainey, shout out to Chris Rainey, my boy. Uh, Ahmad Black. A lot of really good players came out of Lakeland High School. So it's already like it, it ain't really a matter of fitting in. It's like everybody kind of wants to go to Lakeland in a way because of the football right. team, what, what it's become now. But, yeah, I mean – I didn't have no problems fitting in because a lot of my friends that I grew up with were at Lakeland. So it was just, it, it was it was pretty normal. Um, and I guess just being a teenager, teenage boy in general, you're trying to fit in in high school anyway. But yeah, it wasn't no, 
because I was from the Kathleen area, being at Lake, there wasn't really no, nothing on that. So, no. yeah. Uh, but yeah, and then what was crazy is you would have kids from Kathleen High School show up to Lakeland to fight all the time. Like you had kids from Kathleen side uh, sneak on campus just to like, bro, people, when I describe people like the, my high school experience, they say you went to a prison. <laughs> yeah, man, we had got friends got locked up all the time. Like when you fought in Lakeland, you get arrested. We would have um, every hallway had a police officer guarding the hallways. But we still got away with a lot of shit. But, you know, you had to do it by sneaking on the cops all the time. So I'm pretty well versed in like getting around police and shit. Yeah, you see, ladies and gentlemen, that's just a taste what you could get out of this brother, man. Not only does he have the historical facts, but you got stories for days, man. <laughs> <laughs> but speaking of stories, I think we could get into some more before we get into the mental health check-in because you mentioned that your CEO, Kellogg Productions, quality work. You know, we go have the links in the description of all that that you do for people to check out. But how did you get, get involved with, like, with the camera, like cinematography? Plus, you also rap as well. So okay, how do you yeah. get involved with those two crafts? Um, it went hand in hand. So I, I always just loved filming stuff when I was a kid. Growing up in the 90s, you know, cameras were still really kind of new to us. So um, my grandpa, like, filmed my birth. I remember watching them videos when I was little. Like, damn, like, he shot, he filmed, like, in the hospital. My mom used to always have a camera and, like, shoot uh, every vacation or whatever thing we did. She would just always film it. So I was always, like, into filming stuff just for fun and filming it just for like documentary purposes, not knowing I would ever do nothing, you know? But um, yeah, so with that being said, it was just like, it sparked in a, I had a early spark interest. And what I started doing when I started editing videos is cause I was skateboarding. And when I skateboarded, you always want to try to make like a sponsor video to try to get a sponsorship. So right. that's when I started like filming. I had my own camera. We started filming stuff and, uh, making skate videos with my friends to try to get sponsorships. And that's when I started editing. So that was all the way back in like 2006. Yeah, that was back then, like Monster Energy drinking Red Bull, that was like popping back then. Yeah, bro, Monsters, we were drinking like three Monsters before school was over, it was right. retarded. So, you know, um, I, I basically was doing it for fun. And then I got into music more seriously. Um, and I kind of just left that skill set just in the background. I just did it for fun. So then when I did music, I needed to also film my shows. So I invested in like a really good camera so that I would just be able to film my shows. So I would just literally hand my 4K Sony camera to somebody who never even shot nothing in their life. I'll plug in all the settings and I'd be like, yo, just hold it still while I perform. And, um, and that's how we got shows, you know what I mean? So... I really just use it as a way to get shows and um, and to do stuff like that. Then when I moved to Atlanta, it turned into, um, sorry if you're hearing that beat. Um, when, when I moved to Atlanta, it turned into a way for me to network and try to get a record deal eventually. You know, try to just, hey man, y'all need a cameraman for something? Y'all need to shoot a documentary? Hey, you know, I was networking with all the DJs because I was letting them know like, hey man, I also go crazy with the music, so. Uh, that's just that's how I really got started. Kind of got started on accident, and then I got a good opportunity to work on actual feature films in Atlanta, and from there, just my whole mindset switched to yeah. un understanding the the power of film and and also appreciating it for real. The artistry involved, so I feel like I I could equally do both, 
But right now, building my my film company has been amazing because I don't have to work for nobody else. You know what I'm saying? That's a blessing. It's always a blessing when you can take matters in your own hands, be your own boss. Because especially with the the way that we're going right now in the world, like obviously we're gonna get to that a little bit later on. But um, society basically dictates in terms of like what you can say, what you can do, and then basically like they hold your your job against you. Like for instance, you don't want to get a jab. They jeopardize your job, but see you, like you said, you you're your own boss, so you ain't gotta worry about that. So that just goes to show, like the power of ownership. With ownership comes freedom. You know, so that's the best way to look at. It. That that's exactly right. That's how me and my brother um, G got in business together because he was working as an electrician for somebody. He was like, I like my boss. He's really cool. But we would just get into these really deep conversations about like how free really are you? You know, if you wanted to just leave and do something that you wanted to do today, like you just had the inspiration to do something out of the pattern. Can you do it? No, you can't. So you're really not free. And once he really once it really set, you know, set in for him, he was like, damn, I'm really not free. And the whole goal has been since all of our our people that were put in slavery and everything is has has been to be free. So we owe it to them. To really like wake up and be conscious of that and realize, well, where do we really have our freedom? You know, we don't have it playing white man sports. Much as they pay us to play these sports, and you know, MLB is completely dominated by like Dominicans and Puerto Ricans and all that. You got NFL and NBA, uh, American black folks dominating, killing it. White man's game. They take that game from us, it's like the end of the world. But guess what? They didn't want us to play that game. Then we then they let us play the game. We played it better, but we don't own it. We don't own the game. We don't own the stadium. We don't own anything. We getting a fraction, even though they paying these guys big salaries to play. But when they kneel, they whoop them. Hey, they fire them. You speak out. That's when you see the master at work. You dig what I'm saying? And that's where you realize we're not all the way free, even at that high of a level of accomplishment in, in sports. But that's one avenue that they gave us, you know, because, hey, we excel. We excel in everything that we do, man. Music, food, uh, art. It's, 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 that part's overwhelming, and it's beautiful if you really think about it. Like, wow, bro. We, if you really was to sit there and think about all the culture that has been influenced by our, our people and our struggle, and specifically how we're like the new generation of, like, the American struggle. You know, people of color coming up in America, we're like the new generation of that fight. And you realize, bro, like how much has been uh, used and and even like uh, mismanaged. You got like Korean music that's just like trap music out in the South. Like, but that's good in a way because it's like, damn, bro, the reach is so crazy. As long as we can be owners, though, if we can own that, if we can't own that, it's just, you know, we we really not taking full advantage of our opportunities. Bro, you flowing. <laughs> you flowing, man. So like said, this is just a taste of what you're gonna get. But before we go any further, man, I gotta ask, you know, as we do, it's just a tradition within Tuck Talk. This special edition of Tuck Talk, that is. Um oh, Lord. where you're at right now on the scale of one to ten. God, Lee, you got the whole okay, let me see. Right, one means I wanna die, two my life is pointless, three nothing matters. Four, my life sucks right now. Five is whatever. Six, I'm content. I'm gonna Seven, do nine. Yeah, nine. Okay. Couldn't get better. I think it could get better. 
So nah, I'm excited about everything that's going on. Even even with the struggles, I'm definitely excited. Okay. So so let's speak into that excitement because this, like I said, there's a lot that's going on in the world. A lot yeah. of darkness. At least that's what they they show us. They don't show us the light. They show us the darkness. Right. But you said right now, like, you're excited about life. So what's getting you excited right now? Um, I think I'm excited just by, okay. So Bob Marley says something about mental slavery. Okay. That's, that's one thing that if we don't battle that, we can't really see what's ahead of us. So I've been battling mental slavery. And what, what the way I define that is, like, I guess being trapped by old ideas, things that I've been taught, uh, certain patterns that I fall into, breaking those patterns. So as I do that, I feel like I'm breaking mental slavery and I'm able to see things a lot, a lot more clearly. So because of that, I, I'm excited because it's almost like opening up your palate, but in your brain. Like, you know, you try, I don't know if you're a wine drinker, I'm a wine drinker, but like, as you continue to drink wine. I think wine, I wine every now and then. Yeah, you, but you, if you continue to drink wine and you drink different kinds of wines, your palate starts opening up. And I think it's actually helped me eat food. That's a whole other story. Like, it's helped me be less picky with food. But um, it's the same thing with your, like, mental stability. If you open up your mind, you're able to, you're able to consume, uh, consume information and process it healthy, and you're able to adapt in a, in a positive way, you have a lot to look forward to. Because there's, then you realize, like, the possibilities are endless. You you could keep growing. You could keep uh, making more money. You can keep uh, inspiring more people. I mean, there's really no limit to that. It's only limited by if you're mentally enslaved. Bob Marley, shout out to Bob Marley for that one. You made so rest in peace, man. Wow, that's the best breakdown that we've gotten yet. <laughs> I'm not just saying that because you're here, but that's real. Nobody's really ever broken it down like that, like the like the psychology behind that. You know what I'm saying? I, I could curse you. I'm, I, I could curse you. I'm also at a nine. Definitely sad about, about what's to come, man. Like, not only within, like, what we're doing here, but I'm establishing my own entity. You know, I can't wait to, like, release that information to the public later on because one thing that I've learned from following my brother Antonio, who's like a mentor to me, is I always admire his grind. His hustle, how he's all about, like, establishing, like, ownership, like, you know. I found it for people that look like us, you know what I'm saying? So now yeah. being out here in New York City, I see there's nothing but opportunity out here, you know, to like create something that's that's revolutionary, something that's groundbreaking, you know, and also with someone such as myself who um I feel like I bring a lot of I could bring a lot of value to other people. I feel like other people also bring value to me. You know, I don't look at it like one sided, you know, I'm still learning on a day to day basis. Because I'm affirmative to say each one teach one and as well as pay it forward, you know. So just to have the opportunity to pay it forward to other people and my mentors, my OGs, they continue to pour into me. So I just figured that, you know, now is the perfect time, you know, to step out and just push my limits. You know, so I'm excited to see that in regards to like how far I can go. I know with, with the grace of God, with God being on my side, I told him, like, use me as your vessel. I'll just live my life on autopilot. You know, I'm just trusting the direction that you're going to lead me. So that's why I'm excited about life, brother. I'm excited. So I concur with you on that. Good, good, man. Yeah, you know, find a way to find a way. That's what it's all about. It's about just that faith process. And and one more thing on the on the Bob Marley thing, because right after that, he said he's like, free yourself from mental slavery. 
Uh, none but no one but ourselves can free our minds. Have no fear for atomic energy, because none of them can stop the time. And I think that relates even more to what people are scared of now with the whole Russian issues and stuff going on in the world, possible wars, or, or even people just wanting a war in general in their heart. But like, if we look at that and, and, and those sort of things are out of our control. And I think that's why Bob Marley addressed that, where he's like, have no fear for atomic energy because none of them can stop the time. It goes back to just being okay with yourself. If you're not okay with yourself, if you can't sit there in silence and be still and, and still be grateful, then you got you got work to do. But look forward to the work. Don't don't be discouraged by it. That's what I'm on. I feel you. And and that, what you said, that's so true. Because I remember when the pandemic, when it first happened, like when it was at its peak. So everybody was losing their mind because they couldn't go nowhere. Me, I'm like, okay, well, I see this as an opportunity to get further in tune with myself. Because yep. you have some people that they look towards the outside world to fill a void, you know, because like whether it's like partying, drugs, alcohol, anything related to that, they look at like that's like their escape from reality, so to speak. <laughs> but some, at the same time, though, you have to become, you have to be comfortable with silence, your own silence, your own presence. Absolutely, you know? man. So I feel like this. Yeah, I definitely just want to add on to that because what you said right there was so true. Like enjoying like it's your own solitude, you know, that's very important. Imagine, imagine trying to make a decision. Like imagine you're in a forest and you're lost and you're with like five other people and you're trying to think about retracing your steps. You're trying to think how you even got there. You're trying to think where you about to go. And now everybody's telling you where to go at the same time. And you won't stop to just mute them out and be able to think for yourself where are you going to go? Because regardless, this is every man for himself. When it comes to life, it's almost like that, you know. So picture, you know. Be killed world. Yeah, man, picture yourself being in a forest. And, and if you're not in tune with yourself, you're letting everybody else tell you where to go. They may or may not be right. And, and at the end of the day, that could be a life or death situation, a life or death decision that you made um, based off of somebody else's opinion, based off of somebody else's information. And that's not, people shouldn't be okay with that. But, you know, when it comes to the clubs and stuff like that, that type of lifestyle, I mean, depends on what you do. Like, I was at the club the other day, but I was getting paid to be there. There you go. I still go to the club, I guess, technically, but I don't, I'm not into the, to the wasting the money and, um, you know, getting caught up and doing all that stuff. I'm, I'm in there to make money. So if you see me at a club, I'm getting a bag. Exactly. And ladies and gentlemen, I saw this man on his IG, so he posts I want all his equipment costs. So trust me, and you book in my guy, you're gonna get some quality work. Like he's like you said, you're like your luxury, right? You're a luxury cinematographer. Yeah, so. you know, you have to make that distinction because um it's just people don't know. You know, people people like if you don't know, then you're gonna say some reckless shit sometimes. You're gonna be like, How much for that Hublot? And it's like you don't really ask that because it's it's like a hundred fifty thousand dollar watch. It's supposed you know to be implied that you already know once you walk in there. Yeah, you should you should know that you're you're talking to like you're you're having a quality conversation, so therefore like, the question should be a little bit different. Like it shouldn't be about how much. It should be about what is it? What am I getting? What what's the quality standard here? What are we meeting? So if it's if it's jewelry, it's like you know what kind of diamonds are they? Are they factory set? Uh, you know, is it is it 
yellow gold is, you know, what carrot is it? Those kind of quality conversations and questions we encourage people to kind of have with us because we have a variety of things we can do for people. Everything from movies to television shows to shooting your birthday, music videos, commercials. So, you know, uh, having one price or saying like, oh yeah, uh, we could do it for this. Like that's not really realistic, you know? Um, and people don't really understand that. People think they, they don't know. Okay, let me give you some. I don't know if you know this, but like, um, and this was back in 2012. They told us in high school they were they were paying a million dollars for a placement during Super Bowl for any commercials, like just a million and up, just to just to for the the time, space to, to advertise during the Super Bowl time. I'm sure it's gone up even crazier since then. But imagine that they're spending a million just to put it on television. Imagine how much more they're spending on the actual production itself. But people say, oh, but I only want it to be like 30 seconds. Yeah, the commercials like 30 seconds. You think that you think they're not spending millions on 30 seconds? That happens. In a world where that happens, you gotta understand like that happens. And sometimes you're talking to a company that can do that. And sometimes you're talking to just like a your your, your neighborhood videographer. Nothing wrong with that, but this ain't that, this ain't the same thing. And you know, respectfully, we work hard for this. And, and we do this for our own people too. So that's a whole nother level of confidence that we, that we, we demand, we demand a certain level of respect. Yeah. Now I'm glad that ladies and gentlemen, he's giving y'all the game, how this goes. Well, I'm glad that you brought that up, you know, because um, I always, I had this conversation with a friend earlier and basically told me that, all right, if you're, if a person supposed to be like your friend, let's say for instance, like you're, you're a cinematographer, dope ass cinematographer, that if you cool with somebody, let's say first you grew up with somebody, right, in your circle, that yeah. they supposed that you so automatically supposed to look out for them just to strengthen your friendship. I I'm a firm believer that hey, listen, if you really fuck with somebody, you're gonna pay their rates no matter what. You're not gonna look for a discount out of respect. If true, if you really respect their crap, cause that's how it goes. So what do you say to that? Do you have uh, people that come to you like yo, like like man, like come on, we grew up together, like give me a discount, like. How's that been for you? <laughs> okay, so I've gotten all kinds of them type of situations, but I will say, um, off, off like the top of my head, I don't really get as offended as maybe you probably would, um, based off what you just said. But, um, because I think about it, it goes both ways. Like, what if you're that friend is looking up to Liddell and you're just like, yo, if Liddell fucks with me he might look out for me. Like he might do something I've been and, reach, and reach out and bring me up. And and I've been brought up in them situations, like even Tonio, you know, when, when Tonio gave me a chance and stuff like that, um, when, you know, I had no, no business being at a Miguel Wilson fashion event and, and having access to like all these celebrities and doing all this stuff. And he just was, and, and they gave me like champagne when I first got there, like, you know, he he kind of like reached out, brought me in, gave me a chance. So I look at it and um, as long as we do this with respect and understanding, yo, I can give you something, but you can't ask for the world, bro. You can't ask for the world. I can give you, I can I can look out for you because of, yeah, you got tenure with me. I I value that. However, you can't ask for the world, but I'm going to do it. Yeah, that that's, that's what I was saying. You know, you mm -hmm. got some people, like they want, 
they want it all. Like they don't like they want the whole premium package. They don't want the they don't want the trial version. Yeah, like they want those the people whole, are not friends. Those people don't care. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's what I'm saying. I had a I had a friend's dad reach out. This was the weirdest shit ever. He got blocked. He reached out on Facebook. He said, "Yo, I see you doing big things, making big money, whatever, whatever. Can I get a small loan of like three thousand dollars? I'll pay you back." Like, yo, I'm so-and-so's dad from, you know, you were friends with my ch- kid in high school. The fuck, bro? That was the weirdest shit ever. And then, unfortunately, that wasn't the first time. Like, it was multiple different people that have done shit like that. I get asked, like, random ass, like, can I can I, can I, I get a loan for $2,000? Like, where, where are y'all thinking I got all this money? You know what I'm saying? I was just talking to a homie last night. He has a clothing brand. They did 100000 in sales. He's like, bro, I haven't made like no profit though. Hundred thousand in sales looks good, big number, but if you have to reinvest that, then yeah. you're not making that money. And people don't understand that they don't, they don't care about that. Now, the benefit is not the hundred grand. The benefit is the fact that my homie gets to be his own boss and free. But now, how do we transition just from being free to now being wealthy? And that's where that's where I'm excited to learn about. You know, I'm excited to learn about that. But it takes uh, a lot of patience, bro, and you deal with a lot of funny shit for sure. That's for certain. That's for certain. Right. Without further ado, let's get into it. Tuck Talks presents Prime Suspects. So, brother Prime, mm. who's our suspect number one? Like who? Like who needs to smoke? Like who? Like who do we have to? Correct. Like we said, there's a lot that's going on in the world, whether it's in the entertainment industry, the political world, the social world. Like, yeah, we're just gonna throw somebody out there. I don't know about that. Um, uh, man, I don't know. Off top of my, I mean, Kanye West need to chill, but he, everybody knows that. Yeah, Kanye is a genius, though. But like, he be awesome. I respect Kanye's crap, but also at the same time. Like me being like in this game for like seven years plus, I kind of see how promotion works. So let's be like right now, my guy, he has a docuseries out on Netflix, five part series. It's amazing. It's, it's, I haven't I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it just yet. I'm waiting till like after it's done because I'm the type of person I like to wait for like the hype to down to die down. Oh man, you gotta watch. You know, because I'm, I'm a binger. Like if I'm gonna watch something. If I decide I want to binge it, like like I, I don't like having to wait till like oh uh, fuck I gotta wait till next week. Like I like to watch it all right then and then, you know, because I'm in the zone. But um, yeah, I just to see how things work in this game. Like I like like I I, I see it. You got an album coming out. You got this docu series, divorce with Kim. Like I see the game. That's really the only thing I've had some issues with because it seems like that's more honestly, um, uh, you know, true to what he's feeling as far as like his whole baby mama situation and the way he's kind of like threatening uh Pete Davidson and all that's just a little weird man you gotta let it you gotta let that shit go unfortunately it's not easy but it's like man that ain't a good look for Kanye at all continue bro no I was about to say he's a genius bro he's already proven himself in a lot of different art forms and you know but at the same time, you know, he's somebody who's got his own ambition and nobody can really tell him shit. So it don't really matter what I say. Okay. 
But what do you think? But what do you think of the narrative that's surrounded about black men? Because Kanye, he's not he's not the only example. Like we've seen, like you almost like we've seen like the crime memes. Dudes like Tyrese Gibson when he was going through it with his with his previous wife. Will Smith when he was going through it with Jada Pickett Smith. Kanye West and his outburst when he had that during his political um, campaign. He said about like um like he got a daughter and all that type of stuff and how everybody was was, was making fun of him for crying. What do you think about this notion in regards to like black men or or men of color just being vulnerable out in public and how as society we look down upon that like oh like 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 you crying like be a man like what do you think about that notion? Well, you know, it's easy to feel like that's the, what the majority of people think is happening or the majority of the people want to happen in America. But at the end of the day, the internet, man, it's got so much information. Like at one end, you can see something like that. And on the other end, you can see how men have no empathy in, in their heart at all. And they're killing like mother, like crazy in Chicago or whatever. The fuck. Like, so, you know, but specifically with that, I mean, I don't agree. I think that it's all right to show, to show your emotions and be crying and all that stuff. And like, however, but you know, these people won't be on, they do it on a public site, on a public forum or whatever. They're gonna expect to get um, all kinds of backlash. At the end of the day, bro, the people that you named that are being talked about clown, they're making money off of that. So as long as they don't let it get to them too bad, they'll be all right. And and people are, people just wanna talk about shit, bro. Like online. It, it, it's not, oh, man, don't get me started on that shit, bro. He, people Go ahead, fucking, bro. He, that, that's who I was slapping the face. It's like the general population in a way of like, they idolize the stars because they don't have enough confidence in themselves to be who they're idolizing. That person makes one mistake and now and they're vilified they, for life. They, they think they're powerful enough because of whatever that to to uh to to completely disregard and, and disrespect those people. But they were once fans. That's that's a hater. It's like that that has to be diagnosed, man. There's gotta be some shit going on because of all of how things have progressed and, and the, the level of influence influencers out there and all this stuff is going on. Like the people consuming this are becoming sick in certain ways. And they need to get woken up, bro. Stop looking so hard at what T.I. is doing. Stop looking so hard at what any motherfucker is doing. If you're not putting that much attention into looking at yourself, being self-reflective, then you're not learning shit. And, the, and every time you talk, you just sound retarded. Like, you know what I'm saying? You just sound, you just sound like you don't really, um, like you don't really value life for what it is, for your own life. You're too busy worried about what everybody else is doing. That don't get you nowhere. That get you stuck. And when it's up, then it's stuck. <laughs> so if it wasn't obvious the prime suspect is y'all out there that probably might get offended by what my man just said you know basically like just the same energy that you put into you know, your favorite celebrity's life put that into you as well because at, at the end of the day you wouldn't be you wouldn't care about them if they weren't successful if they weren't obviously they didn't do something right you know, so there's a reason why they got into your public consciousness so just hope and pray to the most high that your life, like somebody basically, like the same way you got the energy to critique someone else's life, just hope and pray that somebody will put that same energy towards you. Because at that day, yeah. that's what we're supposed to be doing. 
We're supposed they to be putting energy towards ourselves. Exactly. They wishing they could cry in a Maybach. <laughs> Speak on it. See, you know, like, come on, man. Like, let's be realistic. Y'all, y'all talking all this shit, being online, posting memes, being silly. That 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 don't get you paid. That might have a, a couple of weird friends that you got be hee hee ha ha. That's just cool. But you know, do something for real. Make some real plays. Make back-to-back plays at the bank. Like when you got to circle around all day. What you been doing all day? I've been in the different banks all day. That's that's what you need to be worried. You know, people need to be worried about. But it's weird. You get the same person who thinks they want that in their life, not move a fucking finger to try to figure out how to do it. They just want to sit there and post some fucking memes and be mad about the NFL and and shit that, that ain't going their way, shit that they can't control. Control yeah. yourself. You can only control yourself. Make some make something amazing out of you. Fuck what everybody else doing. There you go. But it's also it's unfortunate how sometimes like the algorithm online is supposed to fuckery. It supports the memes. It supports the oh like like the shave room. Like the shave room can post about something. It doesn't matter if it's factual or not. Everybody go jump on it. But yeah, let's say if it's a, you're trying to promote your services as a businessman, I'm trying to promote my services. It's crickets, you know, because they always say everybody always want to wait to support once everybody else starts to do it. Nobody wants to be the first person. But you know, yeah, these man. same people, they be so quick to like post like themselves lip syncing to their favorite artists. But <laughs> like, let's say you, you as an artist or my people's like coming up out in New York City, that's an artist. Like, where's they support? You know, they, like, these are people that you know. So why not put that same type of energy towards those that you know? Because we always cry about, oh, how like we're oppressed, we're not free. But at the end of the day, we come from the same communities as these people. We're supposed to be pulling each other up, but now we want to focus on the bullshit. So yeah, it's now a lot of us, up. a lot of us are pulling each other up, brother. So keep looking forward to it because you know we are still doing it, even in the midst of motherfuckers making noise, talking and complaining, and not moving a fucking finger. Which reminds me of the protests in 2020. And that's really where a lot of my mindset switched. And that's when I started my company and everything like that, because, um, you know, a lot of reasons, but overall, like, I just remember a lot of people had a lot of shit to say, but there wasn't that many that was next to me and my friends and shit that were really willing to possibly get shot by the police. And you was going to houses and shit. I I saw. Yeah, we went to Chauvin's house. No, we're not fucking around. So, you know, that's where it really comes from. You, you gonna, a lot of people want to talk. A lot of people want to get mad. A lot of people want to say this and that, but like, you really finna do something about it or not? You finna die about it or not? And it's that serious in life. Because what you do with your time, I mean, that could be the last thing you did. And if the last thing you did was post a meme about somebody else, some shit, some some silly shit. They're not ha- they having too much empathy. Them crying. Nothing that really helped your family out. Nothing that really helped anybody else out. Just some just some complaining and some some dumb shit. That's what you died about. Time I is precious. Time, Time is, is super precious. Hope you're happy. But you know we we yeah. To Kevlar started during that during that time period specifically, and we called it Kevlar because of that. Um, yeah, because like. When me and G, the other owner of Kevlar, we went and uh, to the protest and we got like super outnumbered by police. I mean, they looked like they had that thing practiced. Like they had every single um, corner blocked off to where we could possibly escape from if something was to happen. 
Mm-hmm. Um, and they were like, they were in the bushes. They kept coming with more squad cars. And it just looked like shit was about to really hit the fan. And then somebody started throwing um, eggs and stuff at the house and they started getting crazier. And then uh, me and me and G made the decision to just go ahead and leave because we didn't think it was going to get we, we thought we already said what we had to say that day. We proved we could what we could prove. And now it was just turning into some fuckery. So we just like, all right, let's get out of here before it really gets crazy. And um, but then we still felt mad about that. We felt mad that we left. We felt like, damn, we should have joined in on the fuckery. We still mad. Like we should have just burned that burn that fucking place down. Like it felt if you feel all these different feelings. And I remember calling uh T Rogers, bro. Yeah, he rest in peace as well. Rest in peace, T. Rogers. I remember calling him, dog, in that moment, and I was so mad. And I was like, you know, you know who T. Rogers is. And I was like, yo, what, like, what's going on? What can we do? Like, how can we, you know, what's the move? Let me know what the move is. I'm, I'm ready to sign up. Like, what's up? Like that kind of conversation. And he slowed me the hell down. He was like, he's like, bro, what the fuck is it that you do? I'm like, what do you mean? He's like, what do you do? And I said, I make music, I make videos. He said, that's what the fuck you need to focus on. You need to make music and you need to make videos and you need to make a business. Because if you, they can attack you at the level you're trying to go. And they can beat you because you have no training. You don't know what a bunker bag is. You start to go through all this different stuff. You don't have no training. He said, what you know to do, that's what you need to do better than them. And you need to turn that into a business. And he said, you need to turn your protests into a business. That's what he told us. And he was on he was on the speaker in the car. So G was hearing that too. And like that conversation, plus when me and G were talking in the car, I was like, what made you would have would have stayed longer? Like what would have made you stay longer uh at over here? He said, Man, maybe if we had like bulletproof vests. I said, Yeah, me too, bro. I was thinking the same thing. Like if we had bulletproof vests, we would have just hung out and just seen what happened. And we really was feeling that way. And so a week later, we bought bulletproof vests. Because we was ready to keep going with the fight, and actually, it's like it's actually right there. That's so fun. Like I just brought it inside. That's so crazy. I'm gonna show you too. Hold on. Right. Uh, so this was my best. This is the one that started the whole Kevlar thing. Because then when we started a company, and we wanted to turn our co- uh, protest into a business, we thought about what T. Rogers said, and so we were also just into like having our vest and, and being ready for whatever. And so G was like, we should call it Bulletproof Brothers Productions or something. I was like, no, nah, that sounds intimidating, bro. Like, what if we want to shoot weddings? And I, I, I like how you thought. You, you have four. <laughs> so I was and like, you just yeah, so shot a wedding, right? Yeah, yeah, I shoot weddings. Like, yeah, you know, you I, I work with all kinds of folks. So I didn't want to scare them off too bad, that's but it is what it is. And so we named it Kevlar because that's what Bulletproof Vests are made of. And it still has this, like, I felt like it had this fancy kind of feel to it, like caviar, Kevlar, you know. And so it sounds like luxury, but it, and it is quality. It's, it's, I mean, what's stronger than Kevlar? Like, not too many things. You know, it's, it's, it's impenetrable by bullets. So it, it has a lot to do with our mindset. It has a lot to do with our people, the, the way we feel about our people. Um, fuck what the narrative is, what we, what we see. And... And it's about protecting our people on a business level, protecting us on a, on a creative level. So when we have these ideas, it's not about Liddell coming to me with an idea and I just try to make it my own. It's about how do we take your idea to the next level? 
We don't try to take your idea, keep it, sell it, uh, and, and exploit you like they do in white sports and things like that. Um, <laughs> we want it to be something that's together. We do this together. We do this as a team. We protect you. You protect us. Let's work like that. And we found success with that, but it, it came from that mentality, bro. And um, long story short, you know, like I was saying, G was working as an electrician. He finally made that leap of faith. He's been on his own for almost two years now. Me, um, I've been going on three years overall, um, just in general, being on my own, and two years with Kevlar. So it's, it's you know, it's going, it's going well. So, you know, but it started with that. It is that. It, it's always going to be that. It is what it is. It's, it's a it's a fuck you in a way to to the shit that we experienced and we keep experiencing. And this is this is our protest, our business. I love it. I love the meaning behind the name, man. So I always I always say this, like when it comes down to the name, like the name basically that sets the tone, like how people are gonna perceive the business. And the fact how like you broke it down, like yo, 2020 protests. Bulletproof vest, you know, can't call it that because, like, hey, we gotta think ahead of time. Okay, like, where we shooting birthday parties, we're shooting weddings, and we can't be intimidating, you know. So we came with the name Kevlar and how bullets like it's made out of Kevlar, and then on top of that, like the mindset behind it, like literally, like your brand is bulletproof in a sense because, like, like for one, you're passionate about what you do. Yeah. There's meaning behind what you do. It's all about ownership and freedom. Yeah. So that's unpenetrable. That's bulletproof. So that's Kevlar. So that's it. You see, and you, that's perfect. That part, that beat, as soon as I said, see, that's it. That's, that's kind perfect. of a weird alignment. Yeah, but absolutely, bro. Um, I love that you that you understand it, and I hope other people understand it because it's not just about Kevlar. It's about you doing that on your own in your own way. Do, you know, T. Rogers' advice wasn't just for me. It was it's something that can apply to everybody. You know, turn your protest into a business. Anything that you are upset about. If you're upset with something, how something's going, you go to the cookie store and they just always make them too sweet. Make your own cookie store. I mean, don't just be mad about it. Don't sit there and complain about it and write reviews and just waste your damn time. Start your own spot. Own it. You know, people's always reason like, oh, but I paid my money. You paid your money, but at the end of the day, you ain't received no money. Like, you got to yeah, think of it differently. You're yeah, exchanging you money for a service. Like, where did you want that for you? Yeah, I mean, you pay your money, but, you know, nobody's perfect and any businesses aren't perfect. And, and it is what it is. If you can't understand that and you think you can honestly do it better, then do it better. Make the world a better place. Have the best cookie spot in the world. Yeah. But, you know, don't sit. I mean, we're not going to sit here and talk about problems all day and not talk about solutions. That, that's true right there. Plus, I love what T. Rogers, what he said, and I wish I could have had more conversations with that, man. That just goes to show that life is precious. Like, Tomorrow is not promising nobody. So if there's anything that you need to say, this is a message to everybody out there. There's anything that you need to say to somebody that you haven't spoken to in a long time or you it just came across your mind, reach out to that person. You know, because you never know. You can make that person's day. And you never know what that what's gonna be in tune for that person tomorrow. You know what's gonna be in tune for you. So that's why I'm a firm believer, like always say what you need to say. Give people their flowers while they're living, you know, like that's very important. Most certainly. But um, you mentioned in regards to like 2020, like that protest. Do you feel like that energy is still, is it still the same? Or you feel like, ah, like that was just a moment in time, you know, we was in lockdown, people had no nothing to do. 
So they just took it as a moment to just like say that, like, hey, I'm doing this on social media, and then that's that. I think both things happen. Okay. So it's so it's still good because the fact that one of them happened is good. The fact that the other one happened, it is what it is. That's just a that's just a product of war. You're gonna have the talkers that are sitting on the sidelines complaining mad. They didn't even show up, they still mad. And okay. But then you got a lot of people that started started movements. Like, and then you got, you know, stuff I can't all the way speak on too that happened. Like old movements rising back up and things of that nature. So yeah, so for some people it was a moment in time, and for other people, it was uh it was an absolute change. And and what you know, if you're paying attention, like I'm paying attention about certain things, even just on media and stuff, it's changed. We demanded their respect, and now now they gotta they gotta address stuff. They have a whole black history section of every streaming platform. Yeah, that's probably business, but it's also powerful because they didn't have that before. And now they gotta have that. And if they don't have that, they behind. They I was at Target. They have a whole they had a whole black history section of uh of clothing and different, not just clothing, all kinds of stuff you could buy, but all the owners were black owned businesses. So all the people that were showcasing their brands there, it was all black owned businesses. Like that didn't exist in the nineties. Encanto is one of the biggest uh, uh movies out right now, Spanish, uh, highlighting Spanish, Hispanic culture. Coco's been a hit. You have Vivo was another one for the kids. Um, shows, movies, we're dominating. We're dominating in a lot of areas. So let's look forward to that. But yeah, I think it was a moment in time for some because it was never really about it. And that's that's unfortunate, bro. But that's why I relate to certain people like Bob Marley and Martin Luther King. Now I understand Martin Luther King on a whole different level because it ain't... <laughs> It ain't about talking about no protest until you really face that. That shit was dangerous, bro. That shit is like you, you, man. I still feel you feel the fear, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you. You feel the fear. You feel like this could really be how it ends. Realize that, yeah. If you really pay attention to history and you see, like, even hippies got shot up. I think it was in Ohio, college in Ohio. Um, they call it a massacre. Like, uh, they got shot. They were protesting the war, and then somebody apparently shot a fire. A mystery shot in the air, and the National Guard just started. It's raining, man. They just started killing people. <laughs> they caught and bro, and so oh, that's what they do. Okay, when they feel like it's it's time for them to do that, that's 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 what they're there to do. Okay, they're not there to protect and serve. They're there to, to you know, to keep you in line. So it's like when you get out of line, that's what they do. So with that being said, you you, you got to understand that. On top of that, they would they've been killing us, and now we there pretty much confronting them. You think that's like you think that's something that is just something we could just brush over? That's some deep, scary uh adversity, bro. And we I remember before we even got out the car, I was talking to G and I'm like, bro, you, you sure you want to do it? Because everybody in his family argued with him. Not everybody, a lot of people didn't want him to go. Um, my family. They didn't even know. I didn't even tell them. Right? I mean, I had a couple cousins. I was like, "Yo, ride with me, man." They're like, "No, nah, man. I got you know. I got to worry about my job. I got to worry about this." Mm-hmm. Like, All right, but a lot of people who want it goes into freedom, freedom. We got all those consequences. Like, are you really free? You're not free, bro. And on top of that, this is some most one of the most important things you can get up and and fight for, die for, whatever. You know, it wasn't. 
it, it wasn't just uh, the one life loss. That's what some people try to make it about. It's about all of the lives lost. It's about all of this building up to the point where it got. And now we saying, fuck you. <laughs> fuck that. We're not doing it like that no more. And, and and if you can't respect that, see about me. That was, man, that was the attitude. And guess what? They motherfucking, they, they was putting on uh, kente patterns on like within two weeks, kneeling and stuff. Biden got elected. It was putting on the they was putting on the African patterns then. They knew what they knew what it was. <laughs> but hey. Yeah, but I know I know that was that was just some pandering shit. You know, I know that, that was just some pandering shit, man. I like, know, but you see, they even had to they had to address it. They had to try to because we put too much pressure. And so it's not, I mean, man, listen, it's just about who's gonna do it and who's not gonna do it at the end of the day. There's a lot. There's a lot that needs to be done. There's a lot that could be done. Are you gonna be the one to do it, or are you gonna be the one to complain about it? And that, at the end of the day, we, we see who's who, and that's why I think I've been able to be successful in this thing. It's not because I make the best videos in the world, because I have the best equipment, um, because I think I'm cool. It's not because of that. It's because first of all, I have faith. Even though all that's true, you know, all that's true. Thank you. I have faith. That's number one. And I have real faith, not like I go to church every Sunday and like we, we pretend to, to do stuff. I'm talking about, I don't know how bills are going to get paid tomorrow. I'm going to pray and I'm going to trust that that's happening. And I don't know how, but it, I know it's going to happen. And that's faith. And not only that, I'm going to quit my job. I don't know how I'm going to have another job. I got gauges and all that now. I got tattoos and all that. Faith. Don't worry. God will make a way. Uh, you already know I'm blessed. I already know the moment I start getting all these tattoos and shit. Yeah, and you got the locks now, bro. I, I had a situation where uh, I was talking to this higher up in this company I was working for. It's a corporate situation, and I was talking to him about my supervisor. I was bragging about my supervisor Vance. I was like, "Yo, this dude's super cool. You know, he's just a coolest supervisor." And he's like, "Yeah, man, I want to, I want to promote him, but um, he's got those those dreadlocks." I was like, "What?" He's like, yeah, man, if he would cut those fucking dreadlocks off. Like, I, I could get him promoted, but he just keeps that. I don't know why he has that fucking hair. Now, keep in mind, this dude had, like, really nice locks. Like, he ain't had no, like, you know, controversial, like, Wicks-looking deal. You know, that's more controversial even in the in the lock game. But he had, like, really clean locks, really clean. Like, he played for, like, a jazz reggae band. <laughs> he had really nice locks, you know? And I was like, yeah, exactly. I couldn't even understand what the hell the dude was telling me, but he was telling me basically like, yeah, like his appearance, his appearance is not, I can't market that to my higher ups. I wish he would cut that shit <laughs> so that I can get him paid more. Bro, it's so crazy. And now yeah. that same guy, man, is like fighting for his freedom still. He's trying to become a real estate agent. And I was talking to him about that. Well, he is a real estate agent. But he's trying to do it all the way full time. And I was talking to him about that story. I'm like, man, I ain't never told you this story, but this this is some real shit that somebody said about you. And it's like, that's how they play. They they be like, oh, I wish, I wish I could do that with them. But I mean, the, the hand tattoos, I can't, I can't yeah. deal with that. I, I bro, I heard that a lot. Cause I mean, I used to work at Masses Guard. And my, yeah. I was just like, I was just working, working in the merchandising department. And my co-worker. Actually, he wasn't even really a co-worker. He worked in like the food department and all that. 
but we obviously we're on the locker room because we have to wear uniforms and shit. He's like, bro, like, like I'm not like I understand like like tattoos, no, but why the hands? Like, why would you do that to your hands? Like, like you're gonna be stuck here. Like, nobody ever gonna hire you. You're not gonna be taken serious. I'm like, bro. I told him like, listen like this, bro. I'm very, I'm very cognizant of the things that I do. I don't just do things just like, just to be like a rebel or some shit. Like, there's a purpose behind everything that I do. So like, listen, I'm not gonna be here a year from now. And plus, I had a mohawk back then, like colorful shit, too. So like, I, I'm not gonna be here a year from now. Like, you see, you're you're talking about like nobody else is gonna hire me. That's cool. I want to be the one doing the hiring. And then I could set the tone. Facts. You know, so that's how I thought. And I was like 21 back then. I'm 31 now. So fast forward 10 years. You know, so like that's why that's the way I was thinking back then. Like I never really quite had an employee mindset. Like I understand, like, okay, like you have to know how to be an employee if you're gonna be a boss. But you can't just go ahead and just be a general. You gotta prove that you could be a soldier first. You know what I mean? Like that's how it goes. Like there's levels to it, there's roles to play. You know, you can't you can't get the fundamentals down, then how can you expect, you know, to add, you know, to your repertoire, you know? So you got to start the base level. So, okay, I'm going to do that for a while. Then, of course, the time. Just kind of get tattoos and all that. And then I, every, I always been in these situations. Well, even when I was in college, my college professor said, Liddell, you're a great student. I can tell that you're very business savvy, but, and I will hire you, but you're, but you're here. Like, I can't, like, I can't do nothing with that. I'm like, okay, well, well, that's fine. You know, like, I, like that might be your perspective, but once I'm in a position, I'm going to be thinking totally differently. Oh, yeah. I'm going to hire you because of your hair. <laughs> exactly. You know? Yeah, see? But that's why ownership is so important in our community because then they can't tell you that. You walk in the room, they have to deal with you. They have to look at you. They have to do business and shake your tattooed hand. They have to do that. They yeah. have to see my gauges. You know, they have to do that. They have to deal with this beard. No, I don't brush it. I don't on purpose. It bothers you, don't it? You think it should be a certain way. The, yeah, this is the way God created it, made it, and this is how it's growing. So so you got to deal with that, with God, not me. Exactly. And at the end of the day, when it comes to locks, our hair would naturally lock up had, had we not created these beauty standards, this bullshit. It just locks up. Uh, people, black folks that have real kinky hair, it locks up even cooler in different, all kinds of cool shapes. And it's a beautiful thing. It's a natural thing. It's something that, uh, it's something uh, that, that has been become demonized because yeah. they're, they're always just scared, man. They're just always scared. And a mutual friend of ours, Lou, he has locks as well. Like, yeah, he got wigs. Yeah. Natural, and, he's great, natural and he's a great savvy businessman himself. So, as going so you really can't judge people by his cover. One thing I loved about Antonio, he never really gave a fuck about none of that. He's like, all right, like, like young blood motherfucker to you because of what you bring to the table, not your appearance. Exactly. If anything, like the way I present myself should be, that should actually be, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a, another attribute because okay, like that makes you more relatable to people. You know, like yeah, I could talk as like like hi, like my name is Adele Nismith. Like welcome to this presentation. I'm about to play you this PowerPoint. I could do that if need be. Also, at the same time, I'm relatable to those from the hood as well. Cause like, yo, like I see this nigga all the time. Like, oh, he's cool. Oh, what? This is what he doing? Oh, so you mean tell me that I could like? He looks like me. I could do this. Like that's what you want to be. Like you want to inspire. You know your community. You don't want to like like 
goes like trying to like fit to the more like what you know corporate America say that you're supposed to look like, how you're supposed to talk, how you're supposed to dress, and all that. Like, no, no, exactly. People are attracted to confidence, so you can't be fully confident and also be trying to be somebody else. Like, you you can't authentically be confident. You can, I can do this. I can trim the beard, shave the beard down, look like a Rico Suave, close these things up, uh, speak a certain way. And I can try to do all of that, but then I'm not really being confident in who I really am. I'm being confident in a, in a character that I'm playing. That can get people far, but at the same time, it's not going to get them as far as the true confident people that they look up to. That's what makes people like Jay-Z so influential. Look at Jay-Z now. He got wicks. He don't have locks like, like normal locks. That He's got natural hair locking up. It looked like a, like a tree. You know what I'm yeah. saying? And trees are powerful. I'm not saying that in a bad way. It looks like a tree. So for some people who thinking in a weird way about beauty standards, they're looking at that like, how the hell can he have billions of dollars, corporate deals? He's the one in, in the behind the board meetings of all this stuff. How does he get to come in here? Now, Jay-Z, when he was clean cut, made a little bit more sense. But now, Jay-Z? He see, made I, it. He don't give a fuck. He's gotten more into his himself. He's gotten centered. That's what I look. That's what I see. Yeah. But they uh, and I respect Jay Z's grind. He's a fellow New Yorker, man. Shout out to Brooklyn. But some people they might say, okay, like he waits till he got like a certain level to do that. Like, like you said, he was clean cut. Like me, like even like with you, like this is how we are right now. So to speak. So you're seeing it like right now, like on the ground floor. Like okay. This is how we are. Like we're not gonna wait till we till we get to accept positions. Like, okay, now I can take the mask off. Like what you see is what you get. Yeah, I mean he played the game, but we all play the game. Like when I was working at Advanced Auto Parts, I had to have a certain haircut. When I was working at a car dealership, I had to dress up every day. Uh, I had a lot of jobs, by the way. But you know, and then I think when I was at McDonald's, you couldn't even have facial hair. So. I played the game. I just never played it on the, uh, the the microscope that he's on. So yeah, you see, this man still have to yeah do little things to. But once he got there, you could look at it in a different way. You could look at it like once he got there, and once he felt like all right, it's time to really show him what's up. Did he did he do it or did he not do it? Did it. Is he walking around with wicks in his hair for real or, or is he? Is it fake? It's real. He not putting. Extensions like uh Fetty Wap, he's doing the real deal. <laughs> 1738. <laughs> 1738. Shout out to Fetty for real. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, he, he, he committed, bro, and that come with a lot. Yeah, it's definitely it's all about perspective. So I like I like how you brought a different perspective to that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that, that's a good way to think about it. All right, so basically, like, let, let's bring this let's bring this thing home because, um, like I said, the prime suspects is those out there that, for one, are in other people's business instead of worry about their own. Two, those with a slave mentality, like you said, you you try to bring this, um, like your cousins, your friends, like yo, this protest got down. They said no, nah, like we can't, like I don't want risk losing my job, like that's like I said, like that's that's not necessarily freedom per se. By the way, by the way, the same the same motherfuckers who want to commit crimes and do dumb shit and go to jail for dumb shit, same people who about that, they not about this. Like, 
I'm just 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 needed to say that. There you go. It's just shit that shit that makes you go. Mm. Shit yeah, that you makes you go. You want to kill your own people, but when it comes to dying about your people, oh yeah, you got a different perspective. Yeah. Yeah, but man, I feel like that's the main thing. Like for one, just understand that life is precious. Tomorrow's not promised to you. Um, if you have a grudge with anybody, like it, it makes no sense to hold on to that. Like you cannot, like do not take that shit to your grave, you know. So, cause that's the problem with that. I feel like people they don't talk enough. You know, they hold on to resentment, they hold on to grudges, and then they they like to throw subliminal shots on social media and hope that the person you know catches it. You know what I'm saying? Like, there's nothing wrong with like what happens is like having conversations. You know what I mean? And just talking shit out like some people always resort to the screen and social media actually we could get i could do a fucking whole hour rent on that shit but I, we ain't really got the time but um yeah the main thing is just for one just understand that life is precious make the moment out of every day and you don't necessarily have to like when we talk about film you don't necessarily have to like scratch to be like an owner not everybody's meant to, to be an owner, everybody has a role to play. T. Rogers basically is like gave it a game on that. That's how that helped you to establish Kevlar Productions. Like, play your role like, in this life. We got there's those that are warriors, there's those that are healers, and then there's those that's also both. You know, not everybody could be on the battlefield. You're gonna need your healers because some some of us is gonna get wounded. You know, so yeah. at the end, they just play your role. You know, to like lead us to have like a better society. You know. Each one teach one, and all we can do is just do our part. If everybody's focused on the same thing, then you know what? We're lacking in some areas. Somebody's missing the ball. Like there's there's a gap in our defense somewhere. So you yeah. gotta cover all bases, all grounds. Yeah, and one thing to say on that, because you reminded me, when we were doing the protests and we were out there front lines or whatever, it wasn't like everybody who was who was not there wasn't doing nothing. We also acknowledge the people who were voicing the their their, their true uh, their true like feelings and opinions on social media because at that time people was getting fired for saying certain things online, and those people were still protesting. They just weren't out there. They probably legit couldn't get off of work or didn't know it was going on at the same time. Whatever. Like there's there's real factors that came into play why certain people couldn't actually physically be there on the front lines. And I don't want to discredit people who couldn't do that. I want to only discredit the people who just want to talk as if they would do it and don't do it or say things like or, or commit crimes in our community, rob our own people, kill our own people. But then when it comes to fighting for our people, they were silent. Those people, the silent people in general, they mad in their minds. They mad behind the scenes where it don't count and they're not putting nothing out online. And they're not putting their careers on the line. Those people who didn't do nothing, history already forgot about you. But the ones who did it, we see what we did. <laughs> there we go. We see what we did. We see how they adjusted. But I don't want to discredit people who weren't literally able to go to the uh, to the actual protest. It wasn't just about that. You know, it was about if you had the opportunity and somebody like, like if I were to reach out to you personally, and you fuck with me, you say you fuck with me. And I'm like, Liddell, bro, can you, can you ride with me? And you say like, nah, bro. That's the type of shit I have an issue with. It's like, damn, bro, you ain't really riding with me though. Like, you really not for me. You, what are you, what's, what's wrong? 
what's wrong? You're just faking it. You're faking right. the funk. What happened? I mean, and we could grow from that still. That ain't the end of the world. But it's at the same time, like, people did die during these protests. People did get hurt. Lives were lost. Things were, things were sacrificed. And as long as you can wake up from the shit that you were not in tune with it before and you can understand that these people made a contribution and maybe you should respect that, you know, that's that's what we need to get to. We need to respect more of what happened in 2020. We need to never forget that. We need to also continue our protests, but with ownership, with our own freeing ourselves, mental slavery, with our health, you know, protesting the shit that we eat. It's a lot. It's a lot of work, but look forward to the work. Don't look down. Don't look, don't look upset about it because it's going to be for your betterment. And exactly. um, you'll, you'll look back and be like, well, yeah. like you said, 1% better every day. Yes, that's, that's it. it. That's it. It adds up. It adds up. It do. You know? And that's that's why people can recognize me sometimes when they're like, and I don't even be conscious of it all the way. Like, damn, bro, you're doing this and that and this. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Damn, it's crazy. Because I'm just so focused on getting a little bit better every time to where you, you start sometimes losing losing track of the whole trajectory. Um, yeah. Yeah, bro. But the reason why I always talk about the whole 1% better each day because right now we're in day two of the month of March, right? March has 31 days in this month. So let's say, for instance, you really were getting 1% better each day. At the end of the month, you're 31% better than you was in the month of February. Yeah. That's the way I look at it, you know. But um, And it's I'm, not easy to get 1% better every day. It's really not. No. Nah. But try with everything. If, if anybody's listening out there, man, try it with everything. Like, if you cook, try to cook better, you know, the next time you cook. If you make videos, try to make the video better than the last video you made. Try everything you're doing, try to do it better. Uh, if you had a good job last year, try to get a better job this year. If you had good pay this year, get better pay next year. I mean, you would think that's what everybody does, but if people aren't conscious of that, they're not really doing that. Sometimes they're going backwards. And... Uh, you know, there's certain other factors too, like like drug abuse that just fucks up all your progress, shit like that. Like so, stay clean, you know, as much as you can, and 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 keep fighting, bro. That's for certain. And I also like the fact how you mentioned in regards to like how not everybody's able to make the protest, but they yeah. uh, post about on social media. That goes back to what I said. Everybody has a role, you know. Yeah. So not everybody is meant to be on the battlefield. Sometimes you need people behind the scenes. And look yeah. with the microscopes, like have a vision and see what's going on to inform the rest of public. Like, nah, like do not believe what you've seen in the media. This is actually the true story. Like, we need people like that as well. So I'm glad yeah, you get all that perspective. Yep. And we, we definitely respect all of that. We needed all of that. We needed the support when we were there, when we were not there. We needed people streaming it and sharing it and sharing our photos. We needed all that. And it, it all worked together in a beautiful way. So it wasn't just about being on the front lines. It's just something else about being on the front lines where you like the level of danger hits you for real. And it's a, it's a just a different it's a different type of mindset. You know, it is what it is. It is what it, that's what got that's what's behind this. So it's like we face that and we, we know what we made of a lot of people still don't know what they made of. So challenge yourself. Hey, if there's somebody out there listening and they. You think like you haven't taken a, a, a crazy leap of faith yet in life? Do it and and see what you really made of. Take a leap of faith and see what you really made of. Put put that faith to the test. 
Well said. I couldn't say any better. I feel like that's the best way to leave it. So, my brother, before we get up out of here, give you an opportunity to like plug yourself on the way out. Anything that you have going on, what's to come? Everybody know where they can find you on social media, website, all that. Good. Imagine I'm gonna have all that in the description box for this, but like, cool, yeah. Uh, I mean, you know, KevLawProductions.com. Uh, hello, I'm Prime. Keep it simple. Hello, I'm Prime. And you know, look forward to a lot of videos, music as well on the way. I got this new video that I'm about to drop. Uh, I've been mixing. I've been getting my music mixed at a whole whole another level of quality. So when I drop my new music and everything in my video projects, um. It's about to be at a whole nother level. Look forward to like fun vibe music, but also some consciousness and uh and also, you know, some really crazy videos and movies and whatever else opportunities God gives us, man. There we go, man. We gotta work together. We get gotta get you down to New York, man. Gotta get you a chopped cheese and all that. I need show that, you when show you what New York is like, brother. The real New York. The real Where? New York, not the Times Square and all that bullshit. Like the real New York, man. You gotta get you. I got my Tim's. I'm waiting. I'm waiting on the invitation. <laughs> there you go, but y'all know for me, Liddell, the fashion needs on IG. I don't really post that much, you know, unless it's if it's pertaining to work. Yeah, y'all go get it. But outside of that, like I like to remain a mystery. You know, that's the that's another thing too. I feel like a lot of people use social media as therapy. You know, which. <laughs> But that's a story for another day. But yeah, Ladella Fashion so you know, look out for me for on work coming up. We just started the pilot for vibes. We're about to bring that out soon. You know, so got more stuff coming. Can't wait to, you know, share when the time is right. It's all about timing. Everything is about timing. You know, you gotta make sure that everything's buttoned up first before you release it out there. You know, sometimes people they talk about things and they haven't got the business buttoned up in the background, you know. So it's always good to make sure that you're they solidified before you start talking. So that's what I'm doing. And talk Triple Culture, the IG, like I'm the moderator on that page. Wanted like anything, got like interviews, promotion work, just reach out to me. And then me and the tough fan, we'll get we'll get you right. We'll get you right, you know. So Brother Prime, it's always a, it was a pleasure, man. Hope to do more of these with you. I feel like we barely scratched the surface. We got so much more to talk about. Yeah, but we I do. feel like but I feel like this is this is a good kickoff for us, man. Oh man, it was an honor, man. Thank you and thank Tonio for making all of this happen too. You know, he's always still working with us uh forever and ever. So thank you guys. It's um, been there's all the people like us. Absolutely, man. Never forget. Never forget. And I just one thing on Tonio, so y'all y'all can know a little story of him. When we were in LA, he um Everybody's making fun of me because I got the, to the house late and we were staying all together. And uh, I had this bed that was like a like a rock. <laughs> the bed was super hard. And everybody's like, yo, Prime, you got the hard bed. I'm talking about it was like, it was. <laughs> and everybody's making fun of it. And uh, Tony was like, no, Prime, you ain't got to sleep there, bro. You can sleep in the master room. And he was the one who booked everybody. He was like, yeah, you can sleep in the master bedroom. I'll sleep on the floor. And I was like, no, nah, man, you ain't got to do that, bro. And he was like, no, for real, I sleep on the floor. I get the, the, the pillows and stuff. And I was like, nah, I'm not I'm not going to take you up on that. He's a big dude. I'm like, I'm not going to take your, your bed, bro. And uh, he's like, well, let me know. Regardless, I'm going to sleep on the floor. And if you change your mind, I'm like, and he legit slept on the floor the whole time we were there, just in case, like, I wanted to uh, take him up on the offer. That's, that's Tonio, you know, somebody who thought about everybody else, and then he thought about himself. And uh, I miss him a lot. I love him a lot. And it, it was just like, he's always impacting me. 
And that's also something that happened in that year that, that changed me forever. But uh, I want to think it changed me for the better. So, you know, I'm 2020 sorry. was a crazy year, but thank you guys. Thank you, Tonyo. Thank you, Tuck, family. You know, it's just the beginning. Only the beginning. Love you, miss you, Antonio, and bro, y'all, y'all, your legacy lives on to people like me and Prime, man. Not only just me and Prime, Isaiah, Lou, Jay, Kalo, everybody's that's Jessica, you know, everybody that's part of the Tuck family, Laura, mm -hmm. Brittany, Jane. the whole team, man. Akeem, the young blood, like everybody, man. So thank you, Prime, once again. Can't wait to have you on for future episodes. We're gonna keep this thing going, brother. Let's get it. Let's get it. it. If you guys enjoy this, like, share, subscribe to the Tuck Podcast Network, and we catch you guys very soon. Yeah.